0: Roth one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids, sip I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse. We just become best friends. Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines.
1: To infinity and beyond.
0: Touch of madness around here. Hello everyone and welcome to DDP Today, a show that's a little about us, a lot about Disney and fun for the whole family. My name is Justin and today I'm joined by a few of my buddies. Let's go around the table, see how everybody's week's going. Going to start with my buddy who, uh, when you hear this episode, he'll have been down here in Charleston
1: hanging out with me for the weekend. Mike, what's up, man? What's going on, man? I'm super excited. I have a long week of work this week. It's been a little crazy. Um, you know, I just trying to. At least I have the end in sight, and I know I got a nice weekend coming up, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, it's always a great time, and I can break away and do stuff with uh, with the friends. And especially now that it's convenient to me being down here, it's even more, uh, you know, a luxury for us to be able to do this stuff. So I'm, I'm super excited. I'm uh, I always love having what Justin's planned. Um, I, we 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 tried to have a conversation about what was going on uh yesterday, sort of so to speak actually, let me clue you in a little behind the scenes thing so uh apparently Justin went to call Katie last night like around eleven thirty at night now mm-hmm. me I had to go to work this morning, so i you know i am in bed very early, and I go to the gym in the morning before, so I was probably in bed by eight thirty nine o'clock and um when my phone rang this morning, was it was say about two thirty justin this morning yeah, so yeah, so. You know, I have all my favorites, and so
0: you know, you got your list of your favorites, and I've got all my DDP brothers here, and then uh, Katie's at the top, and then Riley, but Mike's like right below Riley, and I guess so. Katie works last night at the hospital, so I picked up my phone, and I guess my thumb hit Mike, and I immediately hit stop. I immediately hit you know, do not you know, end the call. I thought for sure there's no way it rang through. Like it didn't even get a ring on my end. You know, didn't didn't even think about it. I thought oh, I caught it, not a big deal. So, as Dave knows, I've been fighting some issues with sleep recently. I've been going on for about, you know, six weeks or so. And, Dave, I actually went yesterday and picked up a new uh, sleep aid that I think is going to hopefully help. I'm going to try it out tonight. We'll talk about that off the show, though. Um, And so, uh, hopefully that works. But at 2.30 this morning, my phone rang. One ring, hang up. It was Mike. And I don't think he anticipated me texting him back because I was still awake watching The Simpsons. And I texted him back. I'm like, "You okay?" Like I was checking on a, you know, a loved one. You know, "You okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, sorry, I r- rolled over and hit hit your name." And I was like, "It's okay." I did the same thing to you at eleven. So <laughs> we were thinking about each other a lot. The fact that we were butt dialing each other in the middle of the night. I think we're just that excited to hang out this week in Charleston. Uh, so we're gonna have a ton of fun, man. It's gonna be a blast. We're gonna watch Goodfellas. Mike's bringing a uh, a charcuterie board. He's like, he called me. He said, "Listen, when we watch Goodfellas, that's not a popcorn movie." You need Italian cold cuts. You need salami. You need you know an Italian wine. Need some Peronis. He's yeah. You oh, need yes. to do it right. I'm bringing them, and we're gonna. I'm like, I am down. Let's go. So we're gonna have a fun, uh, fun Saturday hanging out together, and uh, it'll be really, really good. So, but uh, but let me go. Of course, you just heard his amazing voice. Let me go and check on the great Aussie Dave. What's up, man? I'm good,
2: mate. How are you? I'm
0: good. I'm good. good. Yeah. I'm really good. No, I'm I'm
2: having a great week. Um, and had some uh fun news and things going on in my life so um and very excited for some options that are coming up so and th- and it's just christmas so it's it's a fun busy season so it's it's a really good week
0: yeah i love it and you know what like you said it is the holidays and i'm super excited because uh i will get to see you in less than a month Dave, oh my goodness I'm excited. that's exciting yeah isn't yeah. that crazy that it's coming up that fast that's real fast Yeah, in less than a month, DDP uh, Sorcerers will be taking over Marathon Weekend down there, running uh, everything from 5K all the way to the full marathon. I think we have four runners doing Dopey this year, so uh, super excited. Raising money for Basecamp, of course. You can head over right now, basecamp.org backslash DDP4BC. That's DDP number 4BC to uh, donate or share that link, and let's raise some money for these kiddos. Uh, Super excited, Dave, to see you, man. Yeah. Um,
2: Actually, to that point, while we're talking about Basecamp, um, I know you've been looped in on this uh, email chain that's been going on, but um, I'm actually uh, doing something with them and uh, DJing an event for them coming up uh, in a little over a week. Uh, They have a... Uh, a a christmas party and they were in need of some uh entertainment so i'm actually going to be helping out and i'm really excited to just be doing something fun with them uh they're a great group and um get to bring some music and some smiles to some people
0: dude that's amazing i i knew you know we had talked about it with them whenever you and i went over and visited the charity and I think both of us kind of, it went in the back of our brains because the way our brains work, it's like Correct. what's in front of me at the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, shiny. It's like, let me, let me tackle this this one thing and then I'll figure out the rest later. Um, exactly. But Rachel reached out and uh, and I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, let me yeah. let me uh, put you in contact with Dave. Dude, super amazing for you to go over and help them out and, and do that. Really, really. Awesome. I'll, I'll post some photos.
2: I'll post some photos to the groups uh, on Facebook when I'm uh, there, which is very exciting.
0: I love it. Well, hey, you know what? You did mention that it is the holiday season. We are in full swing here. Uh, we are uh, got Christmas presents coming in. We're wrapping. Riley's got her letter for Santa, you know, with everything that she's wanting. And uh, like I said, we are leading up to uh, Marathon Weekend and in, in the first of the year. But while we're in the holiday spirit, it got me to thinking. There's not much more at Disney that screams it is Christmas time at Disney than the Candlelight Processional. Now, this amazing event has taken place for decades now in the Disney parks, and it was started by the main man himself, Walt Disney, all those years ago. Walt had this fascination and this love for Christmas carols. He absolutely adored people coming together. You know, Walt was a person who brought people together, and he loved the fact that people would come together and sing Christmas carols, and people would join around. And join in on this festive spirit of this amazing holiday. And so when, when Disneyland opened in 1955, Walt wanted carolers to to uh, walk down Main Street and, and sing carols for the guests in Disneyland. And he wanted to be able to hear it from his fire uh, apartment above the firehouse all those years ago. And so he had this idea back in 1955 that he would start something. And that was a candlelight processional. Uh, he enlisted the help of Dr. Charles Hurt, who was the director of choral music at the USC Thornton School of Music, and uh, the two of them came up with this incredible idea. And for five years, carolers and guests would join in Town Square, and they would uh, they would sing together. And that's what started this incredible journey of a Candlelight Processional. Dave, there is nothing that brings people together more inside of Epcot or at Disneyland than this tradition that walt disney started all those years ago so it's really uh become
2: an iconic part of the the holiday season um at at disney and and here's the thing is that we we get to see different ways that different people celebrate and so over at uh, the Magic Kingdom, you get big Christmas trees and Santa on a sleigh and um, reindeers dancing down the, the street um, as part of the parade over there. There's there's um, lots of the um what's the word I'm looking for the promotional element of uh, of of the Christmas season and it's not often that the disney company gets dragged into the christian uh origins of the story they they tend to keep it um very secular um however um there is this is one of those occasions where they say no, we're not going to stay secular. We're going to. It, it's Christmas. This is a Christmas tradition. It's not a holiday tradition. It's not a anything like that. It's uh, it's specifically a Christian tradition, and we're going to tell that story. We're going to sing the relevant songs, and they really steer hard into. Uh, into that tradition. So um it's a great moment um to be part of um for anybody that uh is very much that way inclined and um of of the Christian faith um to really acknowledge those um those foundations of the celebration.
0: Yeah, you know, you're 100% right, Dave. This is one of those things that we don't see a lot with Disney the fact that like you said they they typically do not get into the religious aspects of things and and uh, with this it is um, the one time of the year that they really embrace the uh, Christian um, kind of culture there that, that you see with, with the Candlelight Processional and the story that is told with the narrators each and every year. And, you know, Walt, this is a huge part in Walt's life. You know, when Walt opened Disneyland for those five years, they had the carolers that came down Main Street for the first couple of years. And then he wanted them closer and he they actually built a kind of a stage right there by the train station so that he could hear them from the firehouse uh, from his apartment there. But none of this starts without the 1960 Olympics. A lot of people don't know that Walt was heavily involved with the Olympics. And uh, he and Mr. Hurt, they uh, were kind of brought in to uh, create the entertainment for the Olympics. And they decided they were going to create a large choir to perform. And that brings us to the Candlelight Processional, kind of what we have to this day.
1: Yeah, and you were talking about the fact that um, that you were surprised that they embraced the Christianity, and it seems like a lot of places have kind of deviated away from that and have just kind of gone neutral with a lot of the Christmas stuff. You know, we see that in this modern day and age where a lot of people are just kind of going the, you know, just the holiday route and not the, you know, towards one specific thing, Um, I will tell you that caroling is something that's super cool. You know, I've lived in a couple of houses, obviously, when I lived in, you know, my first house in Long Island, and then my second house, and then obviously where we are now down in South Carolina. The first house that I was in, which is Nassau County, it's kind of closer to the city, um, you know, a suburban neighborhood, caroling was really, really big, and the church choir in the neighborhood would actually go caroling to the houses, and it was one of the things that we liked. It It was super cool. I really missed that when I went to the second house, and then obviously here in South Carolina, I have yet to see that i don't know if it's big down here um but for the few years um we you know we would take part in that and it was nice to see the church group and and i had a couple other neighbors on my block that were that were jewish that weren't of the you know catholic faith but they would still come out and they would enjoy the caroling and they would still enjoy getting to hear the you know the, the christmas music and um it was a it was a great tradition that the kids got to see and um to be able to experience that you know if you can't get it in your neighborhood experience that when you're on vacation is super cool also
0: I got to say I I don't think I've seen carolers in a neighborhood in
1: maybe two
0: decades here. Like it, it's been a long time.
2: I thought that only happened in movies. Is that no. A-
0: <laughs> There's oh. this so here was the problem. So there was this one time right. there was this town mm. where the kids would go and and carol mm. and uh, while they were caroling the father went through and uh and look through the toys to find certain toys and, and would steal them. Right. And uh, the father wasn't very quiet though. And so the kids had to sing louder and louder and louder. Um, And so it was it's quite the unique story of, of mm, the caroling yeah. family. Really that really is good. one of my favorite episodes. I do love that. <laughs> it's a great episode. It's so good. It's just so good. And, you know, it's one of those things too, Dave, that a lot of people, when they think of candlelight processional, they think of Epcot. That's just kind of the idea that they have. Um, but this this began at the start of Disneyland. I mean, this is, it's not the official opening of the Candlelight Processional, but the idea of it starts in 1955. It goes on for five years. We don't see the first narrator until 1960, um, where we get Dennis Morgan, the actor, who becomes the first narrator of the Candlelight Processional. And they introduce the story uh, of the nativity, and, and they narrate the nativity scene. Um, but for those first five years, they do have the carolers, they do have the music. And then in 1960, we had the official start of the first candlelight processional with uh, Dennis Morgan, and that is going to lead to decades and decades of celebrities that will uh, give their voice to uh, to this incredible event. Yeah, the uh, the
2: narrator became a iconic part of it, uh, and fascinating to know that it wasn't something that was part of the original version. Uh, it was just that singing, but the the narrator um has has become a pivotal moment and i know many people that wait for the announcement of uh who the narrators will be at epcot uh in order to plan their vacation for this time they want to know that they're going to be here during a particular time certain weeks where uh narrators make an appearance and um there's some icons that have been narrators that have um that have really shaped uh, this particular um, this particular event and uh, th- those icons, uh, ones that have been doing it for years, including uh, the great Dick Van Dyke, and I believe he even got to be the narrator for Walt Disney's last uh, mm-hmm. visit to uh, this particular event in Disneyland, uh, which is just amazing. Yeah,
0: man. 1965, Walt Walt um, sees his last rendition of the Candlelight Processional. And it's one of those things, too, where, you know, this tradition was carried on after Walt's passing. And then it was brought to Florida whenever the Magic Kingdom was open. All Disney World opened in October of 1971. And they see it the first year there. And it is kind of a uh, just real just took it from one place, put it to another. It's there on Main Street. Um, It's there in the hub. It's it's, uh, there at the Magic Kingdom as you get it. And uh, you actually get Rock Hudson as the first narrator. Um, at, for the first candlelight processional at Walt Disney World, a lot of people think, like I said, of Epcot. You don't think that for over a decade this uh, event took place in the Magic Kingdom over at Walt Disney World, and uh, it was right there in front of Cinderella Castle. And then later, it was moved in front of the train station, just like the Disneyland version as well. But the thing with the uh, moving in front of the train station is, as we all know, that's not an area that is great for a mass of people. Uh, with people entering and exiting the parks. And Dave, you can attest to this, that if you put a large stage there, uh, you know, you do put the kind of human Christmas tree, as you would say. Terrible idea. It is is quite the uh, event to get people in and out of that area. Like, if you've ever been in that
2: area at the end of a parade, it's just bedlam. Like that, that's not a good place for this thing at all. Like n- there'd be no ability to get anybody in or out, um, and particularly with the way people like wait for ages to to be to be in a particular spot for something, there'd be people camping out at like four o'clock in the afternoon. That's insane.
0: That makes sense. Mike, no the thing too is, a lot of people don't realize you know this thing stays at the Magic Kingdom up into the early nineteen nineties. I don't remember this. Like I went to the parks. At those times, but I don't remember this being a big thing at Walt Disney World. And the thing about this, Mike, if we think about it now, this thing lasts from what? Early November through December, like every Mm -hmm. single night, multiple shows every single night. It was only two nights a year.
1: Yeah, my early childhood, we, we didn't do the parks during the wintertime. We always, it was always summer vacation, blistering hot kind of thing. So uh, even when I went in my earlier years, pre-90s, when we were doing this, we didn't go to Disney often enough where we would be there that time of year. So it's definitely something that was never part of my history being there. Um, you know, the, the limited amount of time that it was, um, we were always, you know, as a kid, we were, it was always a summertime kind of thing. You know, what's the best time to go to, you know, Disney, August, August. Uh, obviously when you're coming from up north but um, but yeah you we were talking about that stage position I, I can't even imagine I was at Magic Kingdom one night and we were leaving with the family and it was a rain like it was downpouring and the fireworks just ended and people didn't even want to walk out like, they would, like their kids were made of sugar and they were all going to melt if they got wet walking out from underneath the little area there uh, I can't imagine having a stage set up in that area and trying to direct traffic in and out of there it would have to be crazy but um, it's amazing that it was such a, a large part of, you know, Disney World. And yet so, so many of us really don't have a fond memory of it. And we've had a lot of other fond memories of other stuff from the Disney in the early nineties. I think it has to do
0: with the fact that it was only two nights a year. Like that was it. Mm-hmm. That was they only did it two nights. It was uh, it was a very, very small event. But this thing grows in popularity throughout the years and Dave, you know, we get Epcot's opening in 1982, and it's not till almost a decade later that they realize because of the popularity they need more nights and they need a better venue. And now we get it moved to Epcot. And that has really, I think, I think that move, Dave, more than anything, has projectiled this thing into one of the most popular events of the year.
2: Oh, 100%. Having the space over at Epcot, having the venue there uh, at the stage in America, um, that view for if you have to wait somewhere, at least you get a good view looking back across uh, World Showcase Lagoon. Um, so, yeah, no, uh, it definitely. Um, vaulted this entire event, and then yeah, with the um expansion of nights, the uh, and all of that, we then morphed into this product where we now see a a, a laundry list of icons that come in for two or three days uh, as the as the narrator and uh, as I was saying a few moments ago that list is something that people look forward to uh and plan their entire vacations around so um yeah it's a it's a very cool part of uh what they now offer over at Epcot
0: you know what's funny too man is like you you can see the growth of this event just by the amount of narrators that you have uh throughout history i mean this is this is one of those things where it started with like you said like rock hudson um it started with just dick van dyke would do it like it would have one narrator for the year and then as you go on you realize that you have you know two three four five sometimes now we're getting into 11 12 narrators for a season That are doing this. I mean, looking back at the history, I'm going to run you through the 1960s, um, and let's chat a little bit about it. We'll talk about some of the names, uh, and then we'll go to the 1970s really quickly. In 1960, of Dennis Morgan, he does 1960, 61. He's back in 1962 with Gale Storm. He does 63, 64, and in 65, the great uh, Disney legend Dick Van Dyke comes in. Uh, Dennis Morgan's back in 66. Man, they loved them some Dennis Morgan at Disneyland. You know that?
2: Maybe he was just booked in 66 and they were like, who "Who can do it? Dennis (sighs) Morgan? I mean, in his day, he was a very big actor. I was looking up his, like, he he was quite well known. So let's judge. We
0: weren't there. No judging. 1967, we get Gregory Peck and Dean Jones. And then in 1968, the great uh, uh, Henry Fonda and Rock Hudson uh, are in there. In 1969, how cool is this? The only place I've ever seen him was on the Great Movie Ride, Cary Grant, uh, mm. in there to read the Candlelight Processional. just
2: amazing. Like, what a list of people. to And that's just the the first, not even 10 years, well, first 10 years or so of it. Like, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely wild. It's uh, it, it's really, really, really cool to see, like, some of these names and what they've done. Dave, why don't you take us through the 1970s, some of the most famous names that have uh, been part of the Candlelight Processional.
2: Yeah, I don't I think we need to list off all of them because there are some uh, repeat uh, repeats of names throughout that time period. Um, but I mean, Rock Hudson, Cary Grant again, um, John Wayne in the early seventies. Who was named after Steve... me. Do you know this Justin, story? Justin John, your na- your middle name is Marion? Is that
0: can we? Do you know this? Do, that is do now, you know this that story? Is now,
2: that's now. That's now canon as far as DDP is concerned. That okay, okay. Like,
0: so listen, my middle name is Wayne. My mama name me John Wayne, and my dad luckily said no. We're gonna we'll and actually, the two of them, yeah, I went four days Justin without a, Wayne. Got it. I went four days without a name because they couldn't agree. Which, if you can't agree on your kid's name, then obviously we probably <laughs> knew divorce was in the future. They only last four more years. Um, so because that should be something you should be able to come together about. I think is naming your firstborn child. <laughs> so so yeah uh one of their friends named me that my own two parents didn't even name me so there you go
2: i love it yeah no i just um i'm just still smiling to myself that uh, uh justin, justin marion justin Marion's suitor is now your name i'm actually editing it's a it great in my how about your mother
0: how met your yeah. mother
2: reference i love it yeah. wait for it um Anyway, um, while we're talking about iconic people that have presented at Disneyland, uh, Jimmy Stewart in 1975—that would be amazing. Like to to be able to say that you were there for that—that that would be that would be incredible. Um, and then uh, Buddy Ebsen, Ed Asner, Elliot Gould, Joseph Cotton. there's some there's some big names that presented in the 70s.
0: Huge names. Mike, 1980s bring in some of those amazing people that we're starting to get to know as we're all coming into this world. You've been in the world for a little bit, but uh, but Dave and I are starting to be born now as uh, we go through the 1980s, some of the famous names.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm an 80s kid, and a lot of these names ring true. I mean, 1980, Michael Landon, you know, Little House on the Prairie. Uh, Ed Asner in 1981. Jason Robards. Uh, Pat and Shirley Boone. Uh, Darren McGavin. No relation to Shooter Gavin. Shooter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nope, different. Joseph Campanella, uh Kevin Dobson, Craig Nelson, Elliot Gould, um, Elliot Gould. I believe that was the guy who was uh, wasn't he a music producer or something like that? Elliot, Elliot that Gould's in.
0: He's an actor. He's in. Um, he's in Ocean's Eleven.
1: Okay. All right. Oh, Howard wow. Keel, uh, James Earl Jones. Robert I was going to say George. you
2: better take uh, you better take 1990
1: as well. Yeah. yeah. James Earl yes, Jones. I'll edit 1990. Yep. Yeah. Yes. That was the last one. So we'll consider that 19. You know. 1990. You imagine going in 1990. And seeing
0: James Earl Jones read the Candlelight Processional, Awesome. not like? Isn't that, right? the, like, on, isn't that just... the height of the amazing? Probably the best. No, it's probably a little. It's a little bit after that. But the best Star Wars with Episode One, Two, and Three being released, that would have been a little bit after this.
2: It would have been after that, and James Earl Jones isn't in those. So, um, but this is this is 1990. Means it's seven what? years after the, seven years after the release of uh, Return of the Jedi. So yeah, I mean the, the 90s, he is think, definitely riding that wave.
0: The, the 90s were a little bit of a letdown. Let's be honest. Like if you're going, let's wait just Wait a say, second.
2: Wait a second.
0: Hold on. There's the, a couple of names that jump out. Robert um, Urich, George Kennedy, Michael York, Peter Graves. Peter Graves is 19, a big, that's a big name.
2: 1995. You ready for this? Because I've talked that? about this no person. A few, I've already talked about this person a few moments ago. All right. Uh, A few episodes ago. All right. 1995 is David Ogden Steers which we actually talked about when I was talking about voice actors, because he's the guy, because in 1995, Pocahontas was released and he is Governor Ratcliffe and Wiggins. And he's also Cogsworth Mm. from Beauty and the Beast a couple of years earlier. So he was a big Disney name, uh, writing that uh, 1995 release of uh, Pocahontas. They got David Ogden Steers, one of the iconic voice actors uh, to come in uh, to read for that. I thought that was cool.
0: Yeah, and let me say, these are all at Disneyland. These are these are not Walt Disney World ones. Uh, I know a lot of people are going, wait, how, how do we see this? People? I'm just going to roll us through really quickly some of the biggest names left that yeah. have been done at Disneyland. Dick Van Dyke makes uh, multiple appearances. Jane Seymour. Marie Osmond uh, comes in. Uh, you're John Stamos, of course, who loves everything Disney. Uh, John Voight's there. Tom Skerritt. Gary Sinise. Kurt Russell. Uh, you get some he- Chris Pratt in 2018. Chris Hemsworth in 2017. Lynn Moel miranda and, uh, of course, Brie Larson is the is to the 2023 narrator. But moving over to Walt Disney World, we're going to skip because there's a lot of same people. But this becomes a massive event once it moves to Epcot because now, and we can't go through all these people, now you go from having one or two people a year to having 11, 12, 13, 14 people narrating this event each and every year. And if we're going to talk about some of the ones that we see each And every year, a lot, we've got to talk about Whoopi Goldberg. We've got to talk about Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, They are two just staples of this incredible event. Anybody else, Dave, you can think of that's kind of a staple for this event?
2: I mean, there's lots of them that it, it like. Waiting for this list of, of narrators is sometimes like waiting for the list of bands that's going to play at Epcot because if Starship isn't on the list of bands to play at a festival at uh, Epcot, it's not a real festival at Epcot, all right? Mm-hmm. And there have been years where, some, where for one reason or another one of those icons, one of those uh, staples um, doesn't get the opportunity to to read and be part of it and there's there's uh quite a little bit of a uproar when that happens i've just been scrolling and some names that jump out at me i mean lavar burton making an appearance uh in the early 2000s so reading rainbow um uh, Take and a num- look
0: it's in a book a
2: reading well that rainbow and, and star trek for those people yeah. who are screaming at me yes i'm aware that he also did that um then you get like uh iconic disney people uh Jody Benson making an appearance um uh Wayne Brady uh who actually used to work at disney and then went on to stardom uh got the opportunity to come back um and um Edward James almost i'm just trying to think who else jumped out at me a few moments ago there was one where i was like oh I've got, and I've some got of those two. yeah go uh- um, the
0: first one is the great Gary Sinise. He is oh, kind of a staple Lieutenant of that. Lieutenant Dan. And got then any also legs. the fantastic, amazing singer Stephen Curtis Chapman. <laughs> we got a fast call. fast You <laughs> got a whole thread to about that. Um, Man, that, that is, you want to throw back to an old DDP episode. There you go. That was a good one. When I <laughs> thought, uh, thought Steve Stephen Curtis Chapman sang that song. Who was that that sang that? Tracy Chapman. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. And then you I think I put fans, a meme in the group.
1: Coming. It was it was, uh, it was Chasey Chapman <laughs> singing, and I said I can't wait to go to Epcot.
2: <laughs> um, my um, for my musical theater nerds out there, Rita Moreno um, made an appearance during the early two thousands. Was one that I wanted to um, make sure I mentioned. Um, and then it's fascinating to see like what was happening in movies. Like earlier when we were talking about Disneyland, you talked about how uh, in um 2017 it was chris hemsworth and then the following year it was uh chris pratt and i mean you're writing the avengers thor uh, into guardians of the galaxy during that time period so they were making some iconic choices there lin-manuel lin-manuel miranda in uh 2019 just after uh just as um hamilton hamilton hit hit its stride uh, and Moana, of course, making, uh, an appearance there. So, um, yeah, like lots of big names, um, coming to the forefront during there. And then in, um, I saw Anika Noni Rose was there. Oh, uh, if I don't mention this, I'll get in trouble. Um, my wife being from, uh, Maryland, Cal Ripken Jr. Is a regular, uh, appearance there. Um, and, uh, is actually really fun to watch I've seen him uh, read it a couple of times so um yeah just just an incredible list and I'm sure there's somebody in a car right now screaming at their um screaming at their stereo because their favorite person we didn't get a chance to mention but there have really been a lot throughout well, the I guess years. I
0: should mention I guess I should mention that my cousin did narrate this back in 2011 Michael W Smith uh, okay A distant cousin. He's not a first cousin, but he's a distant cousin. Um, Friend of the family, fantastic guy. I've only met him a couple times, but still, I'll claim him because he came off session once. One more uh, for Mike
2: um, making an appearance um, and also a cool Disney link because there is a young woman who uh, worked at Disney. Back in the day, similar to the whole sort of Wayne Brady kind of thing, has gone on to do a number of things and got invited back. And only about a week or so ago, Ashley Eckstein made her debut performance. Uh, she is the original voice of Ahsoka Tano uh, from uh, the Star Wars sagas. So, yeah.
0: Really good stuff. Um, it's one of those things, too. We have to talk about it. This, is, this has been a show that you would be able to see every single year unfortunately the only year this was closed was in 2020 during the COVID cancellation uh for COVID, and uh, it was back though in 2021 uh to where you're able to see it there so uh that is one year that's kind of an asterisk there
2: yeah which is amazing because like i mean putting look at uh think about how many people are on that stage um and uh even by 2021 everybody was talking about how disney weren't letting people be near others and where there were so many uh, COVID restrictions and all of that. Um, they were like, yeah. And I know they made some modifications to it. They didn't have the school groups involved uh, and things like that. But um, they they were intent on bringing this back in some form or another as soon as possible. So um, so really cool. Well,
0: overall, uh, in- incredible event. Let's chat really quickly before we uh, head to, to our next thing we love to do um about the best way to see this because listen it's one of those things that this has become an extremely popular event and unless you want to line up hours beforehand doing a uh, package is the way to go i mean dave when we talk about this doing a dining package that includes the candle processional is the best way to see this performance
2: disagree it's not the best way to do it. It's the only way to do it. Otherwise, you're standing in Epcot. Hours. 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 We're talking like you need to be there four hours before the performance you want to see starts. If you want any to if you want to be certain you're getting in. Like, and that's insane. Like, so yeah. So and the only way to really do that is to have a travel agent that does an amazing job, wakes up early for you, and books it. Shameless plug, if you have not yet reached out to uh, Away With Me Travel, now is your moment to remember that, yes, you need to get uh, your travel agent, um, highlight the importance of this particular event, and know that they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that you've got uh, a reservation that gives you that ability to eat early-ish, go and enjoy maybe ride some guardians of the galaxy and then just walk up i don't know you still want to be there a little bit early you want to be there yeah, be a little 45 early. minutes 20, to an hour minutes. or so yeah. yeah yeah um you need to be headed in that direction at the very least so um yeah like that's that's really the, the that's really the only way to do candlelight Processional at epcot Well,
0: if you if you're if you aren't dead set on being seated there there is an opportunity to see it. There are more opportunity to hear it uh, by just embracing the fact that you can just hang out in the America Pavilion. You can have a drink. You can have some food. Um, you will be able to hear it really, really well. You can, some of the places have a good sight line to be able to watch it. Um, but they do try to keep the traffic moving as best as they can around that area. So uh, don't be surprised, if, especially if you're trying to get up close. The cast members will ask you to keep moving. Um, they will have places taped off to where you cannot stand. And uh, that's more for a safety thing than anything. But this 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 event is so popular. It is one of those things that if you've never done it, you need to. You need to go during the holidays and embrace and enjoy the fact that the Canon Obsessional is not just a story. The Canon Obsessional is not just uh, the music that you get to hear, but it's the history of Disney. It's the history of Walt Disney. It's a love that he showed and he shared with his guests starting in 1955 with this incredible uh, uh, addition to disneyland moved to walt disney world the magic kingdom and then brought over to epcot in 1994 for its first reading uh by the great felicia rashad i believe was the first one who uh who read it there in
1: 1994
2: Mrs. Hey, yeah. um really quickly on that you said that like hey if you've never done it you should do it let's talk about my father-in-law um, my father-in-law is a tremendously difficult person to impress who, uh, thinks that, who, um, doesn't particularly enjoy Disney. Um, he's that kind of guy who's like, he's like, oh, I don't want to go there. There's too many people. Like, I don't want to be involved in that. And, uh, he was here, uh, in the lead up to Christmas a few years ago. And we said, Hey, we're going to take him to do candlelight proof processional and just the the very thought of going to Epcot in the middle of the holidays, he was very unimpressed with. Um, and we're like, it's great. You're going to love it. Go and go and do it. Like, and so just come with us. And so we booked a reservation at a restaurant. We knew that we wouldn't have to wait too long in those lines. Um, we, uh, got seated, uh, and, sat back and enjoyed uh an incredible performance it was one of the times that I got to see Cal Ripken um do it and it was all over it was all said and done and my father-in-law who who d- does not hand out compliments went yeah that was pretty good I enjoyed that we're like see like you like it's amazing like and if it can impress him if he can walk away going oh yeah that was pretty good like it, it's It's an incredible experience, so uh, definitely worthwhile um, and just some amazing memories that can be
1: made. Very cool. You know, if you want to go into this Candlelight Processional, we talked about all the great narrators are going to be there, all the great experience you're going to have, some of the fantastic music. But you know what? If you are there and you want up doing one of those dinner packages and you get a great spot, take some pictures of the Candlelight Processional because we have some amazing people that post some great pictures on our DDP Facebook page, and it brings me to my favorite thing every week, and that's picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Pics of the, picks of the, picks of the, the Week. week. It's time for it's us time to get,
0: us get our, picks, to get of the our picks of the Week.
1: Alright guys, you know how much I love Picks of the Week. It's my favorite thing every week. And uh, Justin, why don't you tell me, what's your pick of the week?
0: Man, I love going first. Um, This one was simple. I went over to the Patreon page because Shoes White does a Christmas light show. And as someone who has a Christmas light show here at my house, that the music goes to the lights, and the lights go to the music, and You can pull up in your car, tune to 97.5, and you can listen to the show as you watch the lights go. He took it a step further because what did he do? He implemented the great Joe Q and Split Stays into this incredible show. The lights are amazing. He's got a video board where you see the monorail go by. You see the different resorts. You hear Joe's voice. You got all these great things in there. And I'm telling you, man, to see Split Stays highlighted in a neighborhood uh, with this show is really incredible. Um, if you're not a part of the Patreon family, go right now. It's worth $2 a month just to be a part of the Facebook group to where you can go and check out this video. Super, super cool, man. Absolutely love it.
1: Thanks for uh, sharing and keeping that holiday spirit alive. I love it. Very cool. I'm going to hijack it this week, and I'm going to take my next pick because it's an important pick. And my pick is going to go to Evelyn Reynolds-Johnson. And Evelyn just said she returned from five days at Disney with her best friends to celebrate her birthday. So, Evelyn, from all of us, happy birthday to you. I'm glad you had a great birthday in our favorite magical place. So, uh, happy birthday to you, and you have my pick of the week. Love it. Dave. Amazing. All right. What's your pick of the week? I'm glad
2: you came to me last because I don't actually have a pick, but I have a post. And I love that you actually stuck with the tradition of this and it had a pick. Justin had an entire video that he was referencing, and mine doesn't have anything except some words on a page. But uh, this literally happened five hours ago on the standard page for our Facebook group. And the DDP Today podcast family are... Um, had a post from Brian Smalley, and it says that he came across a container uh, in his shed that is full of Disney Beanie Babies. He goes, I haven't looked at them in over 10 years. Does anybody know what I can do with them? And myself and uh, and Sarah, uh, one of our members, both immediately started posting, do not throw them out. Do not trash them. Do not- there are some things that people will pay for that, like the the they're very niche and like you do not know what sort of a gold mine you're sitting on and i was like oh for the love of everything that is pure uh, even if you don't want to do anything with them send them to me i'll i'll figure it out because yeah there's 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 some cool stuff out there and uh you you kick yourself like that's worse than throwing away a flash drive with some bitcoin on it that that would be
0: terrible <laughs> all right right. so this is i saw this post and a couple things came to mind first thing we know brian's amazing family so well right yeah i hoped immediately that this was his son's beanie babies because can you imagine how big they are you know their sons holding those tiny beanie babies and playing (laughs) with them because that would be incredible because they are giants like they're amazingly huge um, now maybe it's just standing next to me, they're giants, but they're they're big dudes. No, they um, are they are uh, yes. Hefty dude, the first thing the lads. other thing, when I saw his post, I, I immediately almost wanted to text him and be like, dude, please don't throw those away because I guarantee there's something in there. If you wanted to do the work, it's worth something. Right? Um, the most expensive beanie baby ever sold is the Princess Diana Bear, which was released in October of nineteen ninety seven, okay? Um, October purple... of ninety seven. No, here's the thing. Let me tell you, it's a deep purple uh, bear with a purple ribbon and white rose emblem. Okay, um, now it is the most expensive because it had a flaw. It's only the ones that have the flaw in it, and I don't, I don't, I don't see what the flaw is. But we had this bear growing up. My mom had it on her nightstand. Growing up, it came out when Princess died yeah past yeah like she died in august and so my mom had this bear uh for years i don't know if she still has it and i don't know if it's the one now if it's not the one that's the really really um expensive one then you know it's only worth a couple hundred bucks but still um it said this the thai company would say okay the valuable was always part of the marketing scheme behind them. We only made 12 of these and we're letting our retailer have two. So the line would start at 4 a.m. Blah, blah, blah. So they they actually made bears that didn't. They were co- just collectibles. You had to find them. So, But if you have one of those, it's listed right now for $665,000. Uh, sorry, my spleen hurts.
2: Wow. I don't even know where my spleen is, but it hurts right now. That's a for a tiny little beanie baby. Is yeah. that mint
0: condition? Uh, yeah. Like, like wow. I was, I would assume so. So I'm on eBay right now. Let's look up.
1: I got one for you. Yeah, the David Wells Perfect Game Beanie Baby. How much? Thousand dollars. See, even that a random. And that was well. What happened was it was it was uh, one of those things where that was the giveaway. You know, when you go into the stadium and had to do the, the bobbleheads oh. or whatever it was. And David Wells pitched a perfect game that day. So the day that they had the David Wells beanie baby, the uh, yeah, the uh, the Yankee beanie baby, they um, he pitched a perfect game that day. So now that became a huge amount of money because of the perfect game that day. I was supposed to go to that game but my ex-girlfriend's grandmother died and I got stuck going to the funeral. Oh. So, uh, she owes me a couple of grand. Yeah, Eunice,
2: wow. <laughs> Way to wreck it for us, Eunice. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that, so here's the thing, is that it, it's going to be, the, the scarcity of it is going to uh, change that price point on it. So, I mean, they gave away thousands that day at that game not mm-hmm. knowing that he was going to pitch a perfect game. So that's, yeah, that's insane. Um But yeah, when they only made like a dozen or so of these Princess Diana ones that have the fault, like $650,000, that's just ludicrous. Just All right, here we go. Ready? Yep. What do you got?
0: These are the most expensive. I'll give you like 10 of them expensive uh beanie babies ever sold. Okay, listen up, Brian. Bear, we, we've
2: done we've done the research for you. Listen up. Yeah. If you have got one of these, we need to talk.
0: The Millennium Bear, thirty grand. The Valentino Bear, forty two thousand. Lefty the Donkey and Righty the Elephant. That's really funny. Fifty thousand. Jolly the Walrus, seventy five grand. Batty, one hundred twenty five thousand. Piccadilly Attic. Hundred twenty five thousand bubbles. The fish one hundred twenty nine thousand, and the princess bear five hundred grand. And then Disney ones. No, 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 those aren't Disney. Oh, those they're are just, just the random. I thought they were I'm Disney. just saying. Right now on Etsy, the Princess Diana Beanie Baby Ghost version is on sale for thirty two thousand five hundred dollars. That yeah, wow. Don't throw them away, okay? Don't, don't throw them away. So the please, don't throw them away. I tell you what. You want to mail them to me?
2: No. I've already I will got take them. on it. I told on.
0: you. I will take them. I will sell them and I will donate a hundred percent of the proceeds to Basecamp.
2: Man, I was gonna like I was gonna give him a cut of vacation. it. <laughs> dang it. I was gonna give Brian a cut of it and then take like a take a fee on my end for oh, dang it. Yeah, That's you actually you. Yeah, with a conscience as well. All right, fine, you win.
0: Uh, speaking of Basecamp, go over right now basecamp.org backslash ddp4bc that's ddp the number four bc make a donation today for these incredible kids as we've raised money all the way through marathon weekend to help these kids who are fighting this terrible disease uh to make each day just a little bit easier to uh you know have a little party for them second uh second wishes check out episode 323 with terry and myself as we chat about the history of Basecamp and what they do over there it's a fantastic organization so make sure to check that out also tons of shows coming out through the ydf media network uh lots of great content over there so check out everything we have to offer um and of course ddp sorcerers running if you want a positive place to where you can go and reach your goals go over and join ddp sorcerers on facebook really great place uh we just uh, had the first episode drop for ddp sorcerers Around table where we did from couch to 5k we talked about all the great things you can do to uh, get off the couch maybe hit your 5k goal. Uh, super, super excited about that. Lindsey Ray just posted over in the Sorcerer's group today that uh, she ran the her first 5K in quite a while. And, uh, man, I tell you what, those are the posts. I love seeing people get out and and say, you know, I did you know, 13 miles or I did this. But to see people say, hey, I reached a goal I've been trying to reach for a long time, that's what makes it motivational. Um, so that is fantastic. Patriot Family, I will tell you this, if you played uh, Trivia the first time we did it, we will have another trivia coming up before Christmas. We will announce that date very, very soon. Uh, and on top of that, if you are a winner during that, I will be mailing out your glassware. I'm sorry it's taking me a little while, uh, but we uh, we will get that out to you so you can use it for the holiday. So super excited about that. Uh, boys, awesome episode. We're going to head over to Patreon. We're going to talk actually a little Disney news. Last episode was a lot about us, none about Disney. This time we're going to talk some Disney, and uh, we'll have some fun over there. Let's do some closing words and head that way. Come to you first, Dave.
2: Hey, if you have never done... Candlelight processional. I had to look at my screen to figure out what we talked about this episode. Yes, if, because I was still looking at beanie babies. Uh, if you have not done uh, Candlelight processional before, um, it is incredible. It is worthwhile. It is beautiful. Um, it is a piece of disney history that lives and breathes uh every year um at both disneyland and epcot and uh it should be enjoyed so if you haven't done it make it part of your uh season festivities if ever you make it down uh or over uh to uh, either of the disney locations during the festive season um it really is um a great little moment where they uh, acknowledge that that Christian faith of uh, of Christmas uh, and it plays an important role. Really quickly, the last point. I know it has nothing to do with uh, what the topic of our um, of our podcast is about. However, if you are looking for um, a theme park that does a really good job with Christmas and the uh, Christian traditions, uh, Sea World's. Uh, christmas is outstanding um it's really they're, great. they're like there's a they do a show which has like camels like come on like <laughs> there's um, this uh
0: they go through oh the documentary um there was this uh, i'm sorry reindeer who went on a adventure <laughs> and he ran into um he was a uh, minor. Oh, this is in uh, Simpsons. Yeah. And so he went and uh, and then they run into an abominable snowman. They do. And they do. Uh, Yukon you can Cornelius actually meet. tries to save, and you can meet them. It's fantastic. You can greets. meet the you, abominable.
2: You, you can meet the abominable. It's amazing. So, um, yes, uh, well worthwhile um, checking out that as well. But um, uh, Candlelight Processional is a great moment uh, in the Disney celebration.
1: Love it. Mike? Uh, yeah, listen, if you haven't done the processional before and you're planning on going, have enjoy yourself. I hope you're going to have a great time. Uh, if you have done it and, and you have anything you want to chime in on, you know, something that we might have missed, uh, you know, throw it in the comments and let us hear about it. But I had a great time talking about it, and I hope everybody has a wonderful time if they do get to go. Absolutely love it. DDP family, have an amazing week. Spread some cheer. Be the best version of yourself.
0: Cannot wait to see a lot of you down in Disney for Marathon Weekend as we run the 5K, the 10K, the half, the full, and more for these amazing kids at Basecamp. If you want information, reach out to me, uh, DisneyDadJustin at gmail.com or JustinAwayWithMeChannel.com. I'm happy to help you out, point you in the right direction to help these kiddos. Even if it's not a monetary thing, maybe there's some other ways you can help. And uh, like Dave, you know, donating time. So absolutely love it. And uh, patron families, as the great Joe Q would say, hold up, you're coming up next and we will see everyone else real soon. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good night. Cheers. Cheers. On behalf of the Disney dads, we want to say thank you. We hope you find a little magic in your life every day, spread some Disney love, and keep moving forward.
1: And they all lived happily ever after. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue,